Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Courtside Sound Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. Welcome to Always by the one and only Angel Ortega. Lots to talk about this week. Uh, we got some UFC 270 recaps to go over. Bellator 273 going down this Friday, Saturday. Don't exactly remember, uh, but it is going down this weekend. Uh, they have a heavyweight uh, unifier of their own. And we're also going to go ahead and do some quick hits, touch on some MMA news-related subjects. As always, before we go ahead and start the show, shout out to RogueEnergy.com. If you want 10% off your order, you just go to sound off at checkout. Let's go to sound off at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Huge sponsor of the show. have been a fan of them for a long time. RogueEnergy.com, as always. Uh, last Saturday night from the, uh, the Honda Center in Anaheim, California, UC270. Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gan, two title fights. The headliner, though, as I just mentioned, Ngannou Gan, two training partners going at it. Uh, in a fight that nobody expected to go the way that it did. Uh, rounds one and two, it looked like it was on his way to being Cyril Gaon. Uh, probably Yarzina Rosenstrike, I think, is probably a good comparison. Uh, except probably more high stakes, I guess. Uh, Gaon is just piecing him up. There's no other way to put it. Uh, not exactly in terms of, like, you know, hard strikes, but he was landing the leg kicks. He was landing his jab at will. He was keeping him on the outside. Anytime Ngannou tried to rush in, he was maneuvering out of the way. He landed some good strikes in the clinch. And through two rounds, it looks like Sirogan is just going to walk out of there as heavyweight champion. Francis Ngannou, he's going to have to move on to whatever it is after the UFC. Boxing dreams are over. UFC title reign over. In that third round, man, Francis Ngannou, something comes away. He comes alive. He gets a takedown after catching a kick. And then he stays on top for the rest of that round. Round four, he comes out. All right, let's try and wrestle again. He does it again. He dominates that round two. Round five. Sirogan gets the takedown. And then Ngannou reverses. Sirogan goes for a leg lock, which will haunt him. I'm sure he still has not slept since that leg lock attempt. He had the opportunity to just, you know, get back on top with it. He goes for the submission, ends up ending up on the ground, loses the fight mainly because of that decision. Angel, what is there to say about the current heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, and his massive win last Saturday? I mean, Fucking, you know, I think at the end of the day, people are going to be like a little disappointed, right? But look, when you look at these guys and what they're good at and what they do, this is what the fight was probably going to end up being in some capacity, right? You know, you have the highly mobile, you know, distance striker, right? Who has some capabilities on the ground and is still growing very young as a big gay. And you have the heavy power hitter who. You know, obviously he's going to avoid, right? So what is the guy going to do? He's going to be extremely mobile, be on the outside, take no risk. And uh, obviously the big guy, the heavy guy with the heavy shots is going to try to land him and be very conservative of his energy. And he tried to do that. But obviously, Josh, we found out that Francis was dealing with a fucking injury, man, and still is. And came in injured into fight week and fought injured. Uh, <coughs> not bad, I had a cough there. But uh, he had I the... What, I know, right? I completely ruined the show. We have to start over. We have to start over. But cut he that, had the whole uh, the whole knee thing, right? So we and we even mentioned it instantly. We came out with the the, the wraps. We were like, "What's going on there? That's weird." Yeah. He wants to try him instantly. First thing we mentioned, we mentioned it as soon as he came out. I don't know. I was like, maybe there's something there. Didn't really think about it. We later found out afterwards in the interview that what was going on there. And uh, you know, mistakes were made on the ground. And look, we even saw the stats, man, that no one had ever that throw had spent no time on his back in the UFC and hadn't been controlled at all. And look. Factors were there. I felt like, and I, I think we said it last time in the podcast, man, it's going to be a lot of a hindsight. You know, we're going to be like, well, in hindsight, yeah. not looking back at it. And yeah, it is, you know, and, and it all makes sense. And we get this a lot, man, and, and we're seeing, we continue to get it. And, uh, I, I think to an, uh, to an extent I'm surprised, but I'm not. I think what more or less surprised me was the, uh, the willingness, the toughness of Nganu, his change in game plan and kind of, uh, how he did it. And, and to me, it was fun. To me, it was exciting. I, I, you know, I was listening to to weighing in, and I know Josh Thompson was getting was shitting on it. The big John was, you know, he enjoyed it. He said he liked it. Uh, I thought it was good, man. I thought it was good. And you know, you need to realize how these guys fight, and this is probably the direction it was kind of going to go at the start. But there was definitely some changes that came later on that, at least for me, made the fight excited. And shit, you know, Josh, you were there. We had friends there. We had people there who are pretty new MMA fans who even were getting excited about the fight, mm-hmm. and. uh we're getting hyped up when Ngannou got those takedowns. And, you know, and a lot of times 
you know, a lot of new MMA fans aren't a fan of, you know, the fight going to the ground. So it was kind of cool seeing that, you know what I mean? Entirely. And, you know, by the way, all those new fans shitting on me entirely because I was the only person there who picked Gone to win. So it was the last three rounds were hell for me. Um, just, yeah, fuck you, Josh. Why you, you know, like, like, Josh, you, you were feeling what, Fred, what Cyril Gone was feeling while he was on his back, oh man. Oh, my God, you guys don't even know. Um, yeah, dude, but dude, just, it was, it was a good fight. I, I understand why some people may not have been entertained, but for me, it was, like, this, obviously, if this is just a fight in the prelims, um, we would not care, like, it, we would not be calling it a great fight, but it's because of who these guys are. These are two former training partners know each other inside and out. There was so much drama, and Ganu is not only fighting, this is some WWE shit, dude, he's not only fighting Gan, he's fighting the organization. Like, he wins. He leaves his champion. He's pulling a CM Punk Money in the Bank 2011, all right? He wins this fight. He leaves the UFC as champion. And in that 50-50 leg lock in the fifth round, it was about as intense as you'll see in a title fight. Um, it was insane. And for him to come out on top, get the win, and, yeah, in hindsight, it was one of those things like, oh, yeah, should have seen this coming. Gone. It was so much bigger than gone. Like, um in case you're curious, I believe he did gain. I, I said, um, I said to you, like, what if he just cut weight just to fuck with Cyril? He did gain uh, up a bit. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he did gain five pounds from. I thought that weight it's not huge, but Gone already weighed ten pounds less than him, and apparently Gone also lost like four pounds from the weigh-in. So it's possible that he wasn't even, you know. It could have, you know, and it could have been water for both those guys. It could have been exactly. food actually, because you can gain two pounds from water, like Ex- real quick. Exactly. And I believe, I believe the final numbers were like uh, Gone lost three pounds, and Gone had gained five. From the weigh-ins. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ngon was so much bigger, and Gon's never been taken down. We didn't know what he was doing off of, he didn't really you know, have much experience off of his back. And I even said, like, during the show last week, I was like, I would be surprised if Ngon goes for a takedown, but if I expected if Gon was gonna go for a takedown, he's gonna just go all out for the finish, drop some huge hammer fist. No, dude, this was all about control. This was Islam Makashev type of grappling. Dude, Francis about- made of. you saw it, uh, on the fucking Twitters, man. Exactly, dude. And uh, just full props to him. He gets to win. He retains the UFC title. And now, the real fun starts. Um, because, obviously, the the kind of thing was is that Ngannou, he wins this fight. He's going to have to stay out until December or January. I don't remember when exactly it is. And then he's going to be a free agent. He's talked about boxing Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury showed interest, but Tyson Fury says a lot of things. Um, <laughs> and he's also shown willingness to, to go to other MMA organizations, wherever it may take him where he can actually get paid uh, fairly. Uh, in case you guys are curious, this is not including pay-per-view points, but he made $600,000 um, for his fight against Sidorogon, which is mind-numbing. Um, I believe Deontay Wilder, I believe the stat was Deontay Wilder and Tessa Fury made 28 times more the entire UFC 270 card for their fight last year. There was a lot of new fighters, though, on that card, on the pay-per-view though if i if i remember right or a lot of debuting fighters oh yeah of course and it's obviously different i I don't like when people compare boxing um because boxing pay scale is a lot different um just i mean it's it's especially at the peak especially at peak it's hard to compare and also people like to act like every single boxer's out there making like void money Oh. Like, that's not the case at all. Like, people say, like, oh, yeah, Ghanu goes to boxing. He's going to fight Fury and make $100 million. I'm like, no, he's not. He's going to make 10 maybe. Um, so a nice payday. Plus it's still, oh, it's very nice. I mean, dude, I, I dude, fucking, G, you know Gene Tooney is? Like, the old, old boxer from the 1920s? Don't. Okay, Gene, Gene, I may be pronouncing his name wrong. Gene Tunney. He was a heavyweight champion. He fought Jack Dempsey in 1927. I do know Jack Dempsey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He fought him in 1927. Jack Dempsey made almost as much as Ngannou did, and Gene Tunney made a million dollars that fight, and that was in 1927. Dude, they must have been balling, dude. Yeah, but regardless, Ngannou's paid terribly. Um, but now... Dude, the inflation on that must be fucking nutty. Uh, oh, dude, for sure. But regardless, now we're now we're in the present. And Ngannou made $600,000, not including any sort of Venom pay, any sort of NFT pay, uh, or any sort of um, payment which put him over a million, I'm sure, but we're not sure how, by how much. Um, but here's the, here's the biggest part. So now he's a free agent. Everything looked clear for him to leave 
the UC hasn't even negotiated with him in, in, in three or four months, according to his manager. They haven't even tried to contact him. And Dana left the press conference like a baby, uh, and didn't no, even he put just the didn't belt show up. Yeah, he, he just, he, but he gave the, he put the belt around Figueroa, so I'm sure he just magically got sick during the main event. Um, yeah, he got put it, into COVID protocols, Josh. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, dude. Um, anyway, so yeah, Dana left like a baby, and he didn't put the belt around Ghana. And I was wondering why. I was like, you know what, Dana has had beef with a lot of dudes. You know, Stipe, him and Stipe had beef. He showed up for every single fight. Davis had beef with guys like Covington. He's always showed up for their fights, you know. So here's where the big thing comes. On the way to the arena, Francis Ganu got hit with a lawsuit by the UFC. They said they're going to sue him for allegedly contacting Nikisa Badarian, who is the manager for Jake Paul and the runner of Most Valuable Promotions, saying that that's a breach of contract. However, I'm very excited to see this play out because I'm 99% sure, and a lot of people have said that the Ali Act should apply to MMA fighters who want to box. And if UC's trying to sue Ngannou for trying to box, we're going to find out real fucking quick if the UC's no, no boxing clause holds up. So, Angel, what did, what did, the whole I was gonna tell you what did, thing? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to tell you, what did I text you? I was like, the real fun starts now? Yes. Yeah, that's what and I And it does. It's yep. time. We're really going to see how all this plays out. Because I've always thought the UC's, like boxing thing will not hold up in court. Uh, just because the All-A Act is supposed to apply to anybody who wants to compete in the sport of boxing, um, which is essentially just All-A Act is just pertaining to fairness and management, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been reviewed by a couple of different law experts who say, yeah, that that should apply to MMA fighters. I, I'd, I'd love to see a lawyer talk about all this, man. Talk about the whole Ngana situation and see if there's a possibility of him winning. or. I'm sure, I'm sure I could find something real quickly, but yeah, and I could send it to you. We're going we're gonna to see... Real, real quickly, dude, on um, whether or not it applies to MMA fighters. And that's something that I'm interested in. Obviously, it sucks for Ngannou because Ngannou's not in position to get sued. He's he's not made of money, dude. Like, he's got a yeah. lot of stuff for his home yeah, country. Yeah, he's not, he's, not, he's not mom. He's not what? Mom. Made of money. Mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I get it. Uh, yeah, he's he's not in just some amazing position in terms of cash. He's said that multiple times. Um, but we're going to see, dude, and I'm really excited to see how this plays out, because this, as much as everybody talks about, like, oh yeah, and Ghana leaving is huge, it's, it's such a statement for, for all the UFC, and such a, it's such a huge moment, I'm, I mean, it's a huge moment for Nganu, but for the rest of the UFC, not really, because what we're going to go ahead and see is, is not a whole lot of champions are in the position of Nganu, and Ghana won his UFC title fight, did not go ahead and renew his contract, he didn't take up the championship clause, he's like, alright, I'm going to ride this shit out. This is back in 2018, so the likelihood 2017 rather. I mean, um, been playing this shit out for a while. Then. Exactly. So he's not exactly in a position where a lot of he's in a position where nobody else is going to be in. Everybody else signs a contract. Everybody else does this thing. Like this has been five years out where he's been wanting a new deal. Um, or not five years. But it's, it's been a long time, you know. Um, so everybody's talking about how this is like a huge moment. It is a huge moment for Ngannou, but not for the UFC. This boxing moment where the, it's going to be challenged in court, whether or not it's illegal or whether or not it is fine for Ngannou to box or whether or not it's fine for UFC fighters, whether or not they're allowed to put that in a contract. This is the real big moment. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I mean, hopefully you can make a difference, man. I'd I, I love to see him make some sort of impact that could actually affect the company. Um, you know, if he's really serious about this, he could, he could do a lot. And honestly, he's a very well-spoken guy. He was at the press conference, and they were asking him a lot of questions that I thought were hard questions to answer. I don't know. Did you end up watching it by any chance? I did not watch the press conference, but I watched him talking on uh, Ariel Hawani's show. Okay, well, when he was talking at the press conference, he, he talked to – he was extremely well-spoken, dude, and he talked about a lot of things and asked him certain questions that I – he responded to, and I was, like, taken kind of back, man. I, I'm usually never really taken back by anybody. And, uh, and I was just like, damn, I, some of these responses were really good, and I remember – they were, I forgot what it was, but I remember they asked him a question. He's like, I'm at peace with myself. I'm happy with my decisions. Like, they asked him that. I think about regarding potentially leaving or what he decides to do. And I was just like, fuck, man, that's such a good answer. I love that. So, I mean, if anybody can do it, I think he'd be a great person to do it. And if he's going to do it, he needs to be 100% committed to it. It's going to be quite a long process. And uh, if he does end up getting in a, in a situation where he's able to box, good luck, brother. And hopefully you can make a lot of money from it. Of course, and obviously that's just such a huge moment in terms of him, you know, being able to walk. And he's talking about how he's content with his situation. Yeah, I know we talked about he's left like 
$10 million on the table by betting on himself. And for his sake, I hope it works out. Um, but yeah, dude, I think we spent enough time on that. Huge moment, huge one for Francis Gano. Can't wait to see what happens in the future. I am curious though, how long do you think it takes UFC to make another, like, stripping? I give it, I give it within the next month. Within the next month, I... They're gonna, they're gonna strip him. I'm, I'm assuming it's as soon as they can strike a deal with Jones. Hmm, okay. I'm assuming it's within that and we're probably gonna see Jones Steve A, Josh. For the, for the interim or the actual title, what do you think? Actual title. Okay. Which I fucking yeah. hate. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? I think <clears throat> that's gonna be a very good fight. <clears throat> I'm not sure who to pick in that one. I, like I said, unless, unless they're able to do something with Ngannou and make him it's happy. It's not gonna happen. Unless, I, mean, if I don't. If they're suing him, there's no way. Oh yeah, no, that doesn't help. Unless mm-hmm. there's something they figure out and they, they can manage to keep Ngannou, then I think that would be for an interim title. Sure, sure. Alright, man. Uh, moving on to the co-main event. This one very contentious. A lot of people saying robbery. I it's, thought it was Robbery's fine. kinda out there, man. Robbery's kinda out there. You know, I, I, I did, mean, I, did I you mean, that No, 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 I, I didn't. I, I would like to, but okay. I did think it was kinda out there. Okay, I did go ahead and rewatch it. Um, yeah, dude, that's what we're going to talk about. Davidson Figueroa, Brandon Moreno, the trilogy. Davidson Figueroa and new defeating Brandon Moreno on the scorecards. 48, 47, 48, 47, 48, 47 across the board. And new, he's now the first ever two-time UC flyweight champion. Well, um, it was a close fight. Dude. There's no other way to put it. Uh, by far, I think... In my opinion, the best fight of the trilogy, I understand, first fight, fight of the year contender, this one, a lot more technical, a lot more, you know, we saw, this is obviously the first camp that he's had with uh, Henry Cejudo, that's Figueroa, I mean, first camp he's had with Cejudo, and you can see that he's going for the almost yo, I said it on, like, fight night, dude, the yo Romero style of bursting. Figueroa normally, back in the day, always just swinging hammers, and he's tired by the end of round two. This time, he's patient. He's bursting, and he's knocking you the fuck down. He's getting near the finish because he's not throwing all the time. He's playing the counter game. And he knocked down Brandon Moreno three times uh, throughout the fight. And those three knockdowns ultimately gave him the win. Angel, how did you score it? What did you think? You know, I ah, – fuck, man, I wish I could remember because I had it that night. I had it from Moreno 3-2 at the night of – I'm sure if I go back and rewatch it, maybe I could give it to Davison. Uh it was a really close fight, though, dude. I know you've gone back and rewatched it. I definitely am ready to hear your opinion on it. I don't have an issue with it. I just memed it that night because I thought it was funny to do so. Uh, and, you know, the whole night I was having fun, I was like, holy shit, he's seeing three Brandon Moreno's right now. <laughs> you know, and had, holy shit, Davis, <laughs> Brandon Moreno's seeing three Davis and Figueroa's right now. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I was having a hell of fun with it. So, yeah. for, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And, Hey man, uh, you know, I, I, I have some thoughts about it post fight now and, and things that I, kind of the future and what direction I think the division will go, but I'll kind of throw it back at you now because, you know, that's how I thought it went. I do, like, definitely that night after, like, as soon as I left, I did, I was like, I need to rewatch that one though. And that's definitely when I need to go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. For sure. I did rewatch it and I, I had the same opinion, um, coming out of it. Round one, I thought it was Figueroa. Round three, Figueroa. Round five, Figueroa. In those rounds, he scored the knockdowns. And here's the thing. I, I hate to beat this dude because I can't stand it when people, like, bitch about commentary. I truly believe commentary played a big role in how people believe in this fight. Because um, I went back and re-listened. Because I remember on the night, I remember, I, I'm not sure if you remember, I complained about it, about how, like, they kept on talking about, like, how, Moreno rocked him, or like, and like, figure out just standing there. He's hurt. Um, he's hurt, you know. And we were joking about it, and I was just like, they. I remember I listened back to commentary, and they they said this in like the fifth round, I believe. And this is after Figueroa has always scored two knockdowns and nearly finished him in the final. Like, if there's ten more seconds of round three, we're not even having a conversation. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know what, Moreno, he's getting hit, but his punches are having a visible, a more visible effect on Figueroa. I'm like, what do you mean, like? <laughs> How can you say that with a straight face whenever Figueroa has scored multiple knockdowns and he sent him spiraling across the cage a couple of different times with huge mm-hmm. punches? Like, in, like, round one, whenever, you know, Figueroa, I don't remember if he knocked him down in round one or if he hurt him bad in round one, but they were, yeah, he knocked him down, I believe. Um, and they were talking about how Moreno, after getting knocked down, he landed a punch on one leg, which kind of, like, Figueroa was, like, surprised by. And they're like, yeah, he rocked him right there. 
And it's he's like, hurt. He, so he knocked him down, but you don't you don't talk about the knocking. You talk about how like he hit him, like he barely touched him and pushed him, and like how that's the big moment of the round. Like you, you gotta give Moreno credit though, even though mm-hmm. he didn't seem like he rocked him. I do think he had moments where he definitely did. No, 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 and he and he hurt him. And that left it, hand was landing all night, man. I I brought it up all that night. I'm like, dude, he's landing this left hand like it's nothing. It's, Too bad it didn't have like the power wasn't there, man. Because I really do think if he had that just extra bit of power, man, I really realistically I do think that would have been a really bad fight for Davison, but. Honestly, you can't you can't control that. I mean, you can, but not to the full extent, you know. Well, it just comes down to the it's a, it's a classic case of pressure versus damage. You know what I mean? Like uh, not really pressure, but more um, I guess consistency versus damage. Like strikes landed versus damage along those lines. Because I'm pretty sure I, I would say I have not actually looked up the numbers, uh, but Brandon was landing more strikes. He was. Um, Figueroa. Was knocking him down. He knocked him down with a couple of leg kicks. He took him off his feet. He knocked him down with punches before. Nearly finished him in the third round. It comes down to what you value personally, and I believe d- damage is at the top of the judging criteria, so I gave three rounds to Figueroa. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all it is for me personally. I saw, I saw some people gave him four rounds, which I thought was crazy. Um, look, it's a close fight. We're going to see this look, one again. I think, I think looking back at it, though, too, I do think Brandon specifically held back a little too much. Like, I get why, right? Mm-hmm. But I felt like certain moments, I felt like he could have gone a little further, and certain moments he could have held back. Like the round he, the round he took back, and then he lost because of the knockdown. Remember, I, I don't remember when yeah. that was in round four. I, I told you, but like, okay, he just he just brought this round back. That's fucking awesome, right? Good for him, right? And then he lost it with the knockdown. I was like, holy shit, wow, that fucking blows for him. But you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. I mean, and it, and it was a close fight. I mean, if you run, I mean, if they run back, if they do decide to run it back a fourth time, I mean, I think it's gonna be an even. Just as a great as a fight. I mean, all three of them have been fucking great in their own way. I can only imagine how the fourth one would be if they do decide to do it. And I think if they don't do it now, they'll do it at some point. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because Davidson Figueroa, I can see that one going the other way. And like any any possible way. Because by the time they fight next, Figgy might be, what, he's going to be 34, 35. Yeah, he's old. And obviously, this is his first camp with Cejudo, and I thought he improved a lot because it doesn't really get the credit that it deserves because how close the fight was. He got run over by Brandon Moreno. Like, the second fight wasn't even close. It looked like Moreno completely figured him out. He's just a terrible matchup for him. And he comes back, and even if you don't think he won, he put in a very, very close fight. Um, and now he's at a point where now he's going to have a second camp with Sudo. And I think that's only going to benefit him. But also the age comes in, because at this point, you're 34, 35. That's ancient in flyweight. That is so old. But regardless, yep. I can't wait to see it happen. Yep. I mean, Josh, it's... Do you think they do the fourth time? I mean, I know you, 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 this is something you didn't really want to talk about, but we need to, man. I think we need to talk about it. Do they run it a fourth time back, or do you think it's going to be Askar Askar for the title? And they're going to do Moreno versus Pantoja, because obviously that's a hard fight for Moreno. And they were going to be scheduled to fight anyways at one point. Mm. Yeah, I think they're probably going to do the fourth fight. I don't like it, because I think this division is already so log-jammed. It is. Um, but, look, dude, you can't... You can't, especially considering, considering they both won it, and they said... Josh, but they see, can't prevent the Askar Askarov title reign. Look, they dude, can't stop it. <laughs> I think he will be champion. I think he will be champion. But here's the thing, dude: the, the flyweight division, the flyweight division has had trouble with people caring about it. They've always had that problem. They nearly cut the division a couple of different times. They have, they care. People care about these two guys. They care about this rivalry. They care about the fact that like they fought three times and both all three fights have been amazing. So they're not going to walk away from that. Even if I think Askarov would deserve a title shot if he wins, even if I think Karkar France deserves. You know, getting close to the title shot, so on and so forth. Guys like Brandon Roy Val are waiting in the wings. The UFC's not going to make those guys. They don't have as much fan interest. And I don't blame him. He's a, a fuck, dude. Fourth fight would be incredible. They never had a quadrilogy in UFC history. They're going to be able to sell it well, man. They're going to be able to sell it well, especially on a stack card. They can even throw that as a third title fight on a card, man, and they'd fucking make bonker money. Of course, dude. It's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's obviously a ways down the line, though. Uh, so we'll talk about that if it does get made and so on and so forth. This so much UC, money. UC 270 card, it was all right. You know, there were there was some they had some good moments, some bad moments. Next up on the main card was um, Michelle Pahea scoring a nice win over Andre Filo. Obviously, it looked a little bit shaky there, but he ends up getting the decision victory 29 28 across all judges scorecards. What do you think is next for him? Obviously, he should be ranked by now. Um, if he's not already, who do you think is next? A ranked opponent, man. I think it's time. You know, can he buckle down? Can he take it serious that, that every fight that we'll be having now will be against a ranked opponent? And uh, continue to grow, continue to mature. And uh, and like I said, Josh, he's kind of almost found 
that good balance of being able to be that kind of crazy out there guy, throw some, cause you know, cause you saw him when he, when he had to be, he was a little bit more disciplined. I did think he did at the end get a little crazy with some of the flying knees. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I was his coach. I'll be like, Hey, slow down. You know, you don't have them rocked yet. You don't need to be doing that. I mean, they're not a bad thing to throw, but just, you know, shit like that. In my opinion, right? I, I just yeah. felt like they were unnecessary. But, uh, it, it seemed like, and the, the gas looked better. He did slow down, but it, it looked better. It looked better than the last fight. So progress is made. So, I mean, I think that's a W coming out for him in that sense, too. Are they going to make him fight, uh, so, uh, Solikov? Uh, I think it's the guy who was originally. I hope not. I hope not. Not really. I mean, that guy, he's like 38, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not trying to say <laughs> that. Uh, I think they should give him a Jeff Neal type, a Lee Jang Lang type. I thought, I think those are all, all good matchups for him. I think those are fun matchups for him. And they're all tangible matchups. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, fair enough. Uh, it is going to be a, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing seeing him move forward, especially considering that we've seen him evolve. Like, he came into the UFC kind of as a, you know, a mean guy. He'd be a Chris Barnett type. Yeah, exactly, Chris Barnett type. I think that's the best way to put it. And I don't think anybody really, I don't want to say anybody cared about him, but in terms of, like, a competitive aspect, I don't think anybody expected him to do too much. And he's done a lot, you know, full credit to him, dude, full credit to him. He has evolved and he's made it fun. He's, like, improved so much since coming to the UFC. And, you know, part of me wanted to say this fight would have gone differently if Andre Vilo had a full training camp, but regardless. Some people do believe that. I, you know, maybe. I'm not going to disagree with you, but yeah. who knows? We'll never know. Regardless, though, nice win for him. He deserves a ranked opponent next. I don't care. Like, don't give him a muscle cell cop, dude. He, he worked so hard. You, you got to give this guy somebody. Um, somebody ranked like he's on one of the longest winning streaks at that weight class, one of the best weight classes in the UFC. Yeah. So, you know, moving on, dude. This was a really fucking impressive win. Like, I so mean, I mean, it was effortless, dude. I remember you remember mm-hmm. I said that. I'm like, dude, that is effort. It was almost. I don't, I don't want to be just boring. Yeah, because it was it was so effortless. I was just like that. That's it. Like, that was really how I felt afterwards, dude. Like, I I felt so unfulfilled. We even, we even tried to sell Cody Stamen, man. We were like, you know something, Cody Stamen, could I come out here and do something, man? Yeah. Uh, not no. the fucking case at all, dude. Not the fucking case at all. Not even a little bit, dude. Saeed Nurmagomedov put a beating on him on the feet, and then he immediately got the choke. Um, like, he was going some spinning back kicks, and as soon as Saman got close, he was like, oh, fuck, dude, this guy's is, working me. He gets in close, it's caught in a guillotine choke immediately. <sighs> Effortless, dude. Um, you know, a lot of people think he's, uh, um, and Nurmaga Madoff, he's related to Habib. He's not. That's a common nope. misconception. But dude, he's got the skills like him. Let me tell you that much. Um, fucking that was nasty. Effortless. Cody Simon was ranked before this. He's only ever lost to the elite of the division. You look at his losses: Aljamain Sterling, Jimmy Rivera, Marab, and that's it. During the yeah. UFC, that's his entire like all of his losses, dude. Must feel good um, to be Saeed, though, like knowing that you're in that mix now. Like, exactly, yeah. and dude, he by far the most dominant. Like, like he competed with Aljamain and getting submitted in the second round. Jimmy Rivera decision, Marab decision. This was a dominant. Like he submitted him in 47 seconds. Like that's scary. That's fucking he, scary for that division, dude. Very, very scary, dude. And he's only gonna keep on getting better. He's still very, very young. He's only 20. He's 29, dude. He's only gonna keep on getting better. He's finally fighting top level guys. Can't wait to see what he does moving forward. I'm very excited for Saeed. I've been a little bit iffy on him um, after he lost to Ryoni Barcelos, but... God, dude, dude that's, that's going to be another conversation here in a bit. Yeah, we're about to talk about him in a minute, but dude, uh, Michael Morales scoring a knockout winner for Trevin Giles. I'm going to have to say here, I just feel bad for Trevin Giles. That's it. <laughs> that was big time, though. You got to give credit to... Dude, that's a young 22-year-old kid coming mm. from a country that doesn't have anybody outside of one guy in MMA that we know of. Cheeto Vera, who's reaching a good level right now. We don't know where his, you know, what his peak is yet. And he comes out of that same uh, Tijuana gym that Brandon came out of. He was the only guy that night who scored a W. Obviously, I know he's feeling good inside right now, knowing like you know, he came out of that on top out of everybody against a good guy in Trevin Giles. And especially getting a finish, man. I, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit and a lot of respect. Dude. I mean, 22 years young, Josh. 13-0 and in the UFC. Every fight... Um, every fight except two, I think, ended in a finish. Like, that is fucking insane, man. And he mm-hmm. has two, I think, look, he has a, what is it, one corner stoppage and two doctor stoppage. This guy's a fucking menace. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, he's he's an absolute menace. And I, for me, it's about how effortless the win was for Michael Morales. I was not surprised that he won, but Trevin Giles, he never really gets just dominated out of there. Like, and his losses are to really good dudes. And they're saying it's welterweight, first time cutting down to 170, you're going to add a whole lot of quantifiers onto it. But that was just a dominant. But, but he did a good job, Josh. I don't think yeah. that was I don't think that was the case. I think oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm just, like, playing devil's advocate. But regardless, that's about as dominant as a win you can have. I don't know. Definitely. You're right. So, yeah, man, very, very, very fun. Um, shout out to him. And also, just moving on down, you know, we just brought it up. This is moving on to the prelims. Victor Henry, dude. Um I Look, think he surprised you, Josh. I, like I said, I, I like the kid a lot. Um, I say kid, he's 34 years old. I thought he was younger. Um, but I didn't really think he was at that level to where he – obviously, he took a fight on short notice against Ryan Barcelos. Barcelos, is he, you know, ranked? No. Was he 16-2 and two with his only loss in the UFC coming to Timor Valley by a majority decision? Yeah, very good dude. And Victor Henry put it on him, dude. I understand there were some close moments, but he took that shit 30-27 across those scorecards, won every single round. Fight of the night. And Victor Henry, for me, he's one of the stars of the card. Yeah, it was fight of the night, like I just said, dude. Fight of the yeah. fucking night. I mean, and he's not here, he's not gonna be here for a long time, man, either, which kinda, kinda sucks, but just how the, the cards played out in his life, right? And he's here now, and I, and I hope he gets moving quick, man. I hope we see him, in a, I hope we see him at least one more time this year. Uh, look, man. That, I mean, he beat a guy who legitimately is very good. You just stated it there. I mean, a guy who was on the national wrestling team, a guy who's a jiu-jitsu black belt, a guy who has pretty good stand-up. I mean, he is, I mean, that was a fucking legit ass win, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, about as good of a win as it gets. Like I said, I think he's one of the stars of the card. Um, one of the best fights of the night. So shout out Victor Henry, dude. 34 years old. Like I said, he may not be here for a long time, but he's going to be here for a good time. That was a hell of a fight. Um, looking on down the card, what are some of the fights you want to go and talk about? I mean, we've got to highlight this kind of mismatch, Josh. Uh, Jack Della Madalena. Damn, that was good. I'm actually proud of myself that was for great. that. Over Pete Rodriguez. Pete Rodriguez, man, absolutely just, this was not the fight for him, man. And he's not at this, he's not at this level right now. He can be. He has, he's a heavy handed guy. He has potential. I think he just wasn't ready for this kind of guy, this level of guy on this stage. On this night, man. Um, I hope P. Rodriguez maybe stays around. Maybe you get him some good matches, get him a little bit more season. But he was fighting a guy who was a motherfucker, dude. Mm, yeah, this is a. I remember on. Wasn't P. Rodriguez like only like 3 0 going in? Something uh, like that. 4 0. I yeah. guess a, a guy who was 10 and 1. Yeah, that's rough. That's a rough match, man. Um, and he got dominated. Like, you can just, like... Oh, it wasn't even close. He got beat up. He got beat up real bad. He got beat up by a guy who has a broken nose. Like, from the word go, like, you could tell they shouldn't even been in there together, which is really, really rare to see in the UFC. Um, because it's not even, like, you know, knockouts happen, like, 20-second knockouts, that shit happens. Uh, but you can, you know, you can't really say, like, oh, that guy got outclassed. Oh, he got caught a couple seconds in. Or a guy will lose 30-27, but you can tell he didn't really have a whole lot for the other guy. This was just, like, from the, from the word go. You can tell they shouldn't even been in the same venue together. Like, it's so rare to see. And this is like an ongoing beating. Like, it was like P. Rodriguez tripped so much hard. Like, sometimes guys like get dominated on the mat, and that's why he goes to a decision. Jack Della just beat the shit out of this kid for like five minutes before he knocked him out. It was more like three minutes, but regardless. Yeah, dude, shout out to him. That was a terrible matchup. Um, I remember thinking, like, damn, that guy, that kid only has four fights? Jesus. Um, yeah, dude. Shout out Jack Della Madonna. That was a hell of a win. And I think we got to go ahead and mention this one, dude. Matt Frivola and Jarno Valdez. Um, this, you know, this seemed like it was Matt Frivola's kind of moment where it's like, all right, you know what? You've lost two in a row. Uh, you got dominated by Armand Saruk and got knocked out by Terrence McKinney. And this kid, 9-0, and I believe all of his wins were via KO. I don't know if oh, that's yeah. entirely correct. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or, or close. I believe they're all via either... Some some way of finishing away has a couple submissions in there. Yeah, dude, he just goes out there, puts it on this kid. This was in a crazy, crazy fight. Favola came out, he rocked him. Valdez rocked him, and Favola ended up just coming back. He knocked him down six times before getting the finish. That Good lord, wild. absolutely wild. Fuck my um, brain, right? Yeah, and then <laughs> one of one of the stars of the card came in the prelims. Uh, Vanessa Diamopoulos, who 
she was taking on Silvani, uh, excuse me, Silvana Gomez Flores. She got knocked down brutally. Like she looked like she was out and she said on the ground, like she said in the post fight that she woke up on the ground. Yeah. Um, I heard a second. lot about her, by the way, dude. I don't know if you have too. Oh yeah, I'm about to bring it up. Uh, she scores the armbar win, and then she has one of the, I mean, probably the best post fight interview with Joe Rogan. Uh, and she talks about afterwards how she quit being a stripper in order to focus full time on MMA training. So what dude, a story! That's fucking um, epic, isn't it? Like the she, fact that she was stripping and fighting. Like she would. You got to think about it. She probably had to take breaks between, like. Like, between fight camps and actual fights to perform, dude, because she can't go in with a peanut face, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to be, like, disrespectful or anything, but you know I'm right here, right? Yeah, no, you're entirely correct. It was, by, the way, uh, this is a, by the way, this is like a family business situation. Do you yeah. know this part two? Yeah. Dad, dad was a DJ. Mom That's was a... That's weird part, but I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to say anything about that. Dude, no, I, I found this all out recently, man. I just think it's kind of cool to get out there. I mean, fuck, man, it's cool. And she has a book, too. She's an author. Really? Uh, it's about stripping, but you know it's still an author. Oh, well, <laughs> you, <laughs> okay, dude. She's I mean she's a squad W in chat. I don't care what you say. I'm, I mean this her storyline just got cool and her life just changed. So good for her. Yeah, good for her. She got the fifty Gs. She got the performance of the night. Good for her. I mean it's not the first time she's probably got a performance of the night, but. <laughs> uh, lastly, <laughs> hey, you set it up for me. My my girl Kay Hansen, fighting at one hundred twenty five pounds. Don't I know why. To, I didn't. I didn't get to warn you, Josh. I, I I wanted to, but she did fight up. But still. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even know why I didn't, I didn't notice that. She's taking on Jad the Javicius, who I mentioned last week. How she kind of had like a bit of a meh performance of like a contender. I was surprised she got the shot. But dude, once I saw them in the cage, I was like Jesus, fuck, she's so much bigger. Uh, yeah. Kate Hansen, not a one twenty five er. I saw that she only gained. You know, like California like does the weights. I think she only gained like four pounds from like um, what was it? Like the Wayans to fight night. Like she didn't cut any weight, which is. That was tough, man. You could tell there was she a huge did some, She did some Dan Henderson shit. Yeah. You know, I'll give her props, dude. I thought, like, on the feet, she looked so much better than how she was in, like, her previous fights. But yeah, you could tell that her punches weren't doing anything. She, she was tough in that last round, man. I'll, I'll give her credit. Uh, yeah, she's a dog in there. I still have hope for her, but I'm starting to think that she came to the UFC a bit too soon. Um, Which is fine. It happens. I mean, she's not it, the It does only. happen. But we'll have to see how she evolves. I think 115 is a weight class for her. But, you know, overall, dude, fun card. Fun night of fights. Uh, obviously, on paper, not the most stacked card of the year. We knew that going in, but provided us some fun material. Um, fun night of fights overall. But, Angel, you know, UFC had their heavyweight title unifier, which was awesome. Awesome fight. We can only hope that Bellator Saturday night's heavyweight unifier is as good. I think it will be. I'll put it out I, there right now. I think it will be, too. Uh, this is probably by one of my most anticipated fights of the month, actually, just overall. We're waiting for this one for a while. Belts were 273 going down to the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Ryan Bader defending his heavyweight crown, fighting back up at 265 for the first time since September of 2019. He's taking on Valentin Moldovsky. Valentin Moldovsky, for my money, one of the greatest heavyweights on the planet. Uh, he's 11-1. His only loss came to Amir Akbari in 2016. He showed so much evolution since then. Trained by Fedor Emelianenko himself. Um... Still only 29 years old. He beat Tim Johnson to become the interim belt or heavyweight champion. They're having a heavyweight title unifier. Dude, I am so excited for this fight. What do you think about this one? Fucking banger. Another heavyweight uh, fight on already this soon, man, with a title on the line. I mean, what else can you ask for, right? Shout out Bellator for giving this this early in the year. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm excited for them to finish their Grand Prix, right? That's the big thing for me. And obviously get their Grand Prix started as well for uh, – the ban uh the bantamweights so i mean there's some good shit coming on for bellator this year man and i mean this card is good too itself and as far as the matchup itself man i'm a big fan of it ryan bader back at heavyweight after i think it's been what two years josh last time i get to check congo uh yeah correct did did it in uh no contest you know shit happens it's been a while now he's been cutting weight he he fought the deem he fought Leona machida had a terrible loss against Corey Anderson, and now he's here fighting a fucking absolute beast in Moldovsky. Uh, are we giving our picks for this? We are giving our picks for this. We're giving Bellator picks, my man. Look, look, I I think for me, Bader at heavyweight, better than Bader at light heavyweight, let's just be honest. I, and it's usually because of the speed advantage, except that speed will not matter in this fight because he's fighting Valentin Moldovsky, who is a fucking hybrid heavyweight. He is, he is. 
Uh, we talk about Sorgon being a hybrid heavyweight. This guy was a hybrid heavyweight before that guy was a hybrid heavyweight in MMA. For sure. He's one of the quickest guys in the division. Yes. And he's, he can do it all, man. He can, he can strike. He can wrestle. He has some mean kicks. I mean, don't be surprised if there's a fucking head kick knockout on this fight. Yeah, man. And he's a, he's a guy that is, I mean, look, like I said, I think if you put him in the UFC, he's a top five, top ten guy. I fully, fully believe that. He has that ability. Um, I think dude, right. Ryan, it's easy to forget. Ryan Bader, heavyweight, I've, I've always thought after he won that Grand Prix, he should have stayed up at heavyweight. Um, because he has such a speed advantage over these guys that is so, it's so rare, dude. It is extremely, extremely rare. His wrestling is dominant because I'm not sure if it's like he allows him to put himself more weight on and his blast double is even better because guys can't prepare for it. But regardless, dude, he is so good at heavyweight. Um, but he is also facing a guy now that is, you know, fast in his own right, former Sambo champion, um, and has so much ability in his own right. Dude, I, I like Ryan Bader a lot. Obviously, we kind of know the stakes going into this one. Uh, Moldovsky has a chance to avenge his, his, um, his coach, Fedor Milenenko, if he wins. Uh, but also, if Bader wins, it looks like he's going to fight Fedor for a second time. So the stakes are huge going into this one. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go and say it. I, uh, I'm going to go and take Valentin Moldovsky to unify the titles, become the undisputed heavyweight champion on the planet, uh, or at least for Bellator anyway. Um, yeah. Who you got? Oh, man, I said it, man. I got Moldovsky, I told you. Oh, I, I didn't hear the, the end part of the pick. No, no, you're okay, man. Um, dude, this is, this is an excellent fight. Excellent, excellent fight. Uh, not, 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 not as excited for the next one, though. Really? You're more excited for the next one? I'm not as excited. Oh, okay. I misheard you. Okay, one. yeah. Uh, this one, I hate the matchup, too. Straight up. I really, really hate this matchup. Uh, Benson Henderson, former UFC lightweight champion, now 38 years old. Um, he's lost three fights in a row. He got knocked out by Michael Chandler, got outclassed by Jason Jackson. Did have a fun fight with Brent Primus, but he came out short in that one, too. He's taking on a 20-in-1 Russian killer, Islam Mamadov. Yeah. I mean, he should I be... I, I mean, he should be 19-2, but that's besides the point. That is true. I will agree with you on that one. I mean, Josh, let's just get in it. Benson Henderson, we know he has trouble finishing fights. He's fighting a Russian guy who will grit and grind on you all day, dude, on the ground, make it real difficult. I mean, this is just a bad matchup for Benson, dude, like you said from the top. I think Islam is probably going to win this fight pretty handily. Uh, for Benson, I mean, dude, obviously, just avoid the ground. Don't let it, don't let it touch the ground as much as you can. Uh, he's definitely going to have some troubles here in this fight. I mean, we know it, man. I mean, all all the issues are very obvious. Uh Regardless of my opinion of whether I thought Islam won the fight or didn't win the fight last time, I mean, he's here now. He's got the matchup. Uh, I don't know if they're trying to push him for a title shot or if they're going to try to push someone else for a title shot, but I'm sure with the record he has, it might not be too far out. But knowing Bellator, who fucking knows at this point, man? Anything could fucking happen. And uh I'm not sure what direction they're going to decide to go here. I don't know if he'll get the next title shot or not. But... uh I don't know. I don't know why they did this to Benson. I don't know who, what the whole logic is here. They could have given him so many other people. Mm-hmm. They could have given him a Roger Hart, and this would have made more sense. Yeah, I think Benson at this point in his career, like, he's a legend. I, I fully believe Benson Henderson. You can make a case for third, second best lightweight of all time. Like, I'm being dead serious. WEC champion, UFC champion. Uh, in his peak, he defeated Frankie Edgar twice. He beat fucking, he beat, I believe, both Pitbulls? Or no, he beat uh, Patricio. Um, which is arguably even better. Um, he beat Masvidal, Diaz, Clay Guida, Gilbert Melinda, Jim Miller, Cerrone. Cerrone two times. Should have been three times. Got robbed in the trilogy. Um, yeah, man. But this is just, he's past his prime now. It is very, very unfortunate. And, um, I just hate his matchup. Islam Mabadov, be a whatever he wants. Decision. Yeah, probably decision. Um, say it's gonna be a decision one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's rusted. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight on this one? Obviously, we gotta shout out the boys, the Bahamasi man, giving us fucking bangers, dude. Even if they're not very long, uh, Darian Codwell at bantamweight, uh, and uh, I'm gonna shout out uh, Sylvan Coley, man. He's fighting Ben Parrish, aka Big Tuna, to start off the card. Nice. 
big boy, big tuna had an upset last time. All the odds were against him. No one thought he was going to beat, uh, let me see who was it. Our, my boy Christian Edwards. Obviously he's part of the, I always mention him every time he's on a card, man. He's part of the whole, is it Jackson Wink, uh, program they do where they give him like a scholarship essentially. I yeah. Think yeah. So he's Correct. part of that. He's a very talented man. He was 23 years young, man. Shit happens. Shout out to Big Tuna though for getting that big upset last time. He's fighting Sullivan Cully, who trains with Ryan Bader. Good wrestling base. I'm excited for that. Young talent. And, uh, Ben Lugo, Ben Lugo versus Lucas Brenna. Lucas Brenna, submission ace. I mean, probably gonna end in a submission. I'm excited mm. for that one too. Yeah, man, this one has good matchups up and down. And this is probably one of the better Bellator cards I've of late. A couple of Bellator cards is like one, two good fights. And there's not a whole lot exactly there. Um, this one, good up and down, dude. Henry Corral's on the main card. Sabah Almasti, Julia Willis should be a banger. Uh, Darion Caldwell, Enrique, Bar- Enrique Barzola, probably, I mean, I mean, arguably my most anticipated fight of the card, straight up. Um, Darion Caldwell, former Bellator Benjamin champion, but he just can't seem to get it right. He's mixed up for featherweight. He's in a couple things. You know, he's coming off of two losses in a row, but I still believe that he can still be a great guy, a great contender in that division as a former champion, you know. Uh, he's thinking on Enrique Barzola. Enrique Barzola had a good UFC run, not a great one. Um, got close to the ring. He's been never, he never really breaking. Uh, he left after a draw to Ronnie Yaya. This is his debut. This is going to be a hell of a fight. Um, I'm not sure we're picking it, but, dude, I, I'm a big fan of Darren Caldwell. Still am. His wrestling is incredible. I just wish he had a little bit better finishing ability. I think that's where he's lacking a lot, but uh, we'll go ahead and see. Uh, Saeed Awa back as well. One of, I mean, dude, this guy has been around in Bellator seemingly forever. Um, he's been around since Bellator 10, my dude. Um, so, yeah, I love seeing him back at the cage. He got a knockout win against Nate Andrews last time he fought, and it looked like for a while there he was going downhill. Uh, he had a fight-fight winless streak, and he's finally getting back in the swing of things. Um, Chris Gonzalez is, is, is going to be a tough matchup for him, though. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, he was, he is 6-1, and one, did lose via uh, TKO to Goichi Yamaguchi, though. So they're both coming off of, you know, rough streaks as of late. But, dude, regardless, it's going to be a very, very fun card. And like you said, i got to give him a shout-out to Big Tuna. Big Tuna. He's coming back. Um, love that, man. Huge upset win last time out. So we'll see what happens this time. Um, in terms of MMA fights, uh, there is some more this weekend. Uh, there oh, yeah. is no UFC. There is obviously no UFC. We'll go and put that one out there right now. However... Eagle FC, Habib Nurmagomedov's promotion, is making their U.S. debut. They've been going on, or a lot of people don't really know this, they've been having events in Russia for a while now. They actually used to be named some other promotion I can't remember, um, but they were acquired by Habib. Um, they actually used to be uh, EFC, I believe it was called. But, yeah, so he went ahead and acquired them, I want to say last year sometime, and then he officially changed the name to Eagle FC and so on and so forth. This is their U.S. debut. They're taking in uh, Miami, Florida. And, dude, I like this main event a whole lot, dude. I mean, he he's loaded up on talent in terms of both in and out of the octagon. He's an all-star commentary team. Felicia Spencer, Henry Cejudo, uh, Chael Sonnen now as well. They've acquired a lot of talent. Kevin Lee, Diego Sanchez. But this this... Main event is, I love it, dude. I straight up do. Tyrone Spong, um, he's experimented a lot of things in kickboxing. That's if I used to kickboxing, funnily enough. He was about enough. to, but he failed the most important test. He did. He failed a very important test. Um, <laughs> and now he's moving back into MMA. It's going to be his first MMA bout since, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say close to a decade. Uh, um, I can check for you. I'm on it. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time since he's actually fallen inside the MMA cage. It was, oh man, I just passed it. It was 2012. Yeah. Maybe uh, 2013. There might have been West MS, but it was around there. 2013. 8-10-2013. Yeah, so it's been a long time. And he's not jumping into the easy side of things. He's thinking on Sergei Karatanov, um, one of the greatest fighters to never fight in the UFC. Even today, I still think he's... He's not in his prime by any means, um, but he still comes to bang, dude. Still a very, very good fighter. He's actually been experimenting on the boxing side of things as of late. I believe he's 2-0 there, 2-3-0. Two, two um, had a good run in Bellator, uh, and now he's fighting in Eagle FC. Very, very fun matchup. Um, I don't think we're going to get predicted for this one unless you want to, but it's going to be a hell of a fight, dude. And then also, the co event. 
I mean, this entire card has a couple of, you know, good oh dudes on it. Former God. UFC. Former UFC vets. This Coleman event, though, very interesting. Uh, Rashad Evans is coming out of retirement. I hated the idea first. Still not exactly a fan of it. Uh, but he's thinking on Gabriel Checo. He's not a striker by any means. He's actually a grappler. A good one. Um, with a 12-5 and record. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about this one in terms of, like, uh, we're not going to get predictions. What do you think of Rashad Evans coming out of retirement, though? Oh, uh, it's out there, man. But I think I think he'll put up a good performance, man, especially with the opponent he has. Uh, and, I mean, he's putting a hell of a grappler, man. I mean, he, he's gone against guys like Gordon Ryan. Didn't beat Gordon Ryan, but he's beat guys like Austin Vanaford at, at submission events. He's lost to our board, Gordon Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, he fought Ian Heinish, lost to him. So, I mean, to give you an idea of his level, and he has a loss to our boy Jay Collier. This is back in the day in 2014. So mm-hmm. Jay Collier was a little lighter back then. So times have changed. But, you know, Gabriel Checo is 35 years old. I mean, he's nowhere near his young prime, you could say that, uh, or in his prime. But uh, he is getting a... Old se- older season, Rashad Evans, who's 42 years old, who's been on a spiritual journey since he's been out of the fight game. And it's crazy, Josh, because it really hasn't been as long as, it, as you would think. It's only been since 2018. Mm. Uh, Feels like a lot longer, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably because he should have been retired before that, but yeah, regardless. Um, it, Yeah, probably. It, it, that, that fall was fucking graceful, man. It's very sad. Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's a controversial uh, signing. You didn't, a lot of, um, Eagle FC signings have been controversial. They obviously picked up Rashad, who, whenever he left, he was in a terrible position. Terrible losing streak. Older guy. Um, they signed Bigfoot Silva, which was blasted. He's supposed to be in the main event against Tyrone Spong, which I actually didn't think was too bad of a match, considering Tyrone Spong has never really, I mean, what, two MMA fights? And he hasn't competed in like three years in general. I think it was too terrible, but people hated it. Um, you know, they also signed Diego Sanchez, that people hated. You know, they've also made some other signings like Ray Borg, Cody Gibson, guys that are actually pretty decent. Uh, what do you think about Eagle FC signings in general and kind of the direction of the organization has been taking as of late? I mean, they're they're going to be a lower-end uh, organization, man. Uh, I think that's just going to be effective. Like, it's hard to compete with these bigger organizations. There's so much talent that's already signed. But I think they'll do a great job of filling out with young talent and local talent when they're in Europe, aka more specifically Russia, right? So all that region there, Kazakhstan, Germany, Sweden, uh, you know, all all those countries over there, right? You know, and uh, obviously all the Dagestani fighters, you know, obviously they try to represent that region very specifically. (laughs) But I think they will be able to fill out talent from other places. And like you said, they send other people like Jorgen Castro, Ray Borg, and Hopefully those guys stick around and, and they fight in Russia as well and they get paid well and uh they picked up other guys uh they picked up, you know they uh you know they got Miles Hunsinger on this card he was supposed to fight on the Ultimate Fighter he was the guy who uh, I don't know if you remember him but he got injured and he yeah and he decided not to fight he's gonna be fighting on this card oh sure I even know I I know I heard the name before but yeah so you know they got a wide variety of signings man mm-hmm. uh from everything to really young talents who. Very old talent that hasn't fought in like ten years or <laughs> longer. Uh, yeah, Anthony Nojakuni, uh, uh, I just pre- completely mispronounced that. He was sixteen, twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't won an MMA since twenty. Hasn't won an MMA since twenty thirteen. Oh Jesus. Oh, but he's been doing like Muay Thai stuff, right? Yeah, he's been doing like Muay Thai. He's shit. won. He's won there, right? And he's and he, he did do game break fighting. He actually won a game break fighting. I just saw that. Oh, okay. But it's Not been crazy. a while. But it's been a while. Yeah, uh, for sure. He, he did. He did do. But he did fight in the the game break league uh, last year in December. Actually, I had no idea about this. And bare knuckle yeah, and, and bare knuckle MMA. So good for yeah, him. I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. He's going to win there. So that's solid. That's solid. Um, he's at least won some stuff. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's going to be interesting just because, you know, there's there's a mix of signings there, you know, some old dudes, some young prospects, some guys in the middle. 
Uh, I don't think I, I people, I've seen some people just completely, completely hate mm. on Eagles these signings. I don't think it's entirely fair. Dude. I mean, there's not a whole lot of talent out there to actually acquire to start a league nowadays. Let me let me tell you something though. If you just look at this poster, like I don't tell you what year it is, what people what people's ages You're like, are. Oh shit! Spog, Karatinov, uh, and uh, Rashad Evans versus Checo. That's some pride shit, dude. He's not gonna lie to you. Straight up, and I'm excited for it. I'm very, very excited for it. It's gonna be going down this Friday. Um. And it's going to be on a what? What the hell can you watch this on? It's going to be called on like uh, FLX, I think. It's like the I, name of the service, Flexcast. I, I have no idea. That's actually a great question, dude. What is this going to be? I'm assuming it's going to be streamed, not like televised, right? Yeah, it's going to be streamed. Um, I thought they were going to be on Fight Pass for some reason, but I think I'm just complete, complete idiot. Okay, yeah, yeah you have to watch on FLX Cast, which is some new streaming service. Which I believe is free. So. Yeah, I, I see this. Yeah, dude, I just had to Google. I had to use Google Translate to, to understand everything on here. Jesus. Yep, yeah, so know. that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, Are you going to watch? By the way, I think that's a good question. Are you going to watch? I'm planning on it, yeah. I'll, I'll watch as well. Are you going to watch Bellator as well? No, yeah, for sure. Okay, I just wanted to know where we were both at as far as that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's where I'm at personally, but. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, real quickly, just a couple of news things to hit. Obviously, we did go and talk about the Eagle FC card, but um, there was some other stuff going on in the MMA world. Um, huge fight for the World Division just got announced. Below Muhammad, Vitete Luque, they're going to be main eventing a April 16th, I believe April 16th, fight night card. Five rounds between these two. Uh, weird place for the World Division, but potentially the winner of this could be receiving a title shot. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, good matchmaking right there. I feel like they're in a position where they can fight. Uh, but it does seem like the guy who wins that fight deserves the title shot. And mm-hmm. obviously for Luke, him fighting Burns is like not really an option to an extent, right? I mean, he could do it, but you know, they're homies, they're friends, and you know, he's already had to go through that one time. I don't think they want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. So obviously that made things difficult. Uh, so it, it makes sense, right? I, I think it all makes sense. And these guys have fought before. And obviously it, for Bilal, if he's able to get through this fight, and actually, and win at this time. Uh, by the way, that was on Alvarez McGregor. I had no idea. Holy shit. Yep. UC 205. You know, I, you know, I, I always bring this up. I, I saw his, I saw Below Muhammad's debut fight, man. Alan Jovan, UFC Fight Night 90, uh, tw- back in 2016, man. For some reason, that sticks in my head. I, I remember it because I saw the weigh-ins. I saw everything. And, uh, he ended up losing Alan Jovan in, in a decision. Mm-hmm. And Al Jabon at that time, there's no shame in losing him. I, I, I mean, even throughout his entire career, Al Jabon, parentally underrated guy. But at that point, he's like top 15. No, no, he was, he, was, he was at a good level, yes. Yeah, especially then. So, yeah, dude. Um, Blah Muhammad, a guy that um, I've really kind of switched on over the last few months, um, mainly because of the Wonder Boy win. Nobody beats him. There's Boy guys guy. out there like, Blah Muhammad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious at the time, but it's actually aged very, very well. Um, it's going to be a very tough fight for both these guys. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, but I think kind of the last piece of news we got to hit, PFL has officially re-signed ESPN. I'm not sure if this is, I believe it's a two-year deal. Um, could be wrong, though. And, you know, in addition to that, another big piece of news, another signing. They signed ESPN. They also are, it's not official yet, but they're looking like they're going to re-sign Kayla Harrison to the promotion. No details on whether, on how long it will be how many years, so on and so forth. But what do you think about them continuing to be on ESPN? Huge deal for them, but also them keeping the biggest free agent in MMA, Kayla Harrison. Uh, I mean, obviously it's not like a done deal yet, but it pretty much seems like that because we had heard uh, rumblings that PFL was a front runner. And with the fact that they got this deal done, I feel like this pretty much cements Kayla Harrison staying. If she doesn't, I will be very surprised, but I, I don't think that's going to happen now. But, uh, I mean, hey man, I really enjoyed PFL last year. I had a lot of time. I actually personally had a lot of fun watching the finals. I had a lot of fun watching it each week. I kept up with it pretty well. Uh, so I know I added some viewership. So there you go, guys. You got a new fan. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much you kept up with it. I, I don't think it was as much as me, but, uh, cause you know, I was out here fucking, uh, campaigning, you know, robberies that occurred, uh, by a certain, a certain Brazilian on their roster. I'm not going to say any names, but, uh, 
You know, there were some issues last season, but you know something? We'll get through that, man. This next season will be good, and I know they've signed a lot of good guys. And BFL has some good guys and some good good gals, dude. Honestly, they they really deserve a lot a lot of love. And I'd honestly maybe say their cards are a little better than Bellator as a whole. Not gonna lie. Depending, depend if you're talking like a championship card, I think so. And depending on certain cards, but I think on average, Bellator has better cards. But that's just my opinion. I I, I don't know, Josh. I've seen I've seen both events, and I can I can I. I it's could close. say we'll that say I I personally enjoyed PFL a little bit more last year. Fair enough. Fair as enough. a whole, as a whole as cards, as a whole as card, big big fights, maybe a different story. Because mm. they don't really have a lot of major names. I mean, my my main guy, you know, Ray Cooper, Ray Cooper the third man. I mean, he's my guy. You know what I mean? Like he's that dude. He's that guy. He's that guy, pal. Yeah, he's great. I would love to see him in the UFC someday, but I'm glad he's making money, dude. I don't care if like I don't want any of these guys in UFC that are like actually winning these tournaments because they oh, won't he made, get paid he made shit. a milli, bro. What do you mean? He made a milli. He's made two milli, right? Uh no, he's only won one tournament. He lost. Oh, never mind. I thought, he, I thought he won another one, but never mind. He lost um, another one to homeboy. Oh. Yeah. Regardless, though, dude, he is uh, he's great. I love the PFL right now. I love a lot of the moves that they're making. And obviously, Kayla Harrison only going to go ahead and add to that. Um, she is one of the top women's fighters on the planet. Like I said, a lot of people tend to hate her because it's like she talks a lot of shit. She's very confident. Um, and I, for me, what I've always said is as important it is to win the big fight, it's almost as important to dominate the fights that you're supposed to. We see a lot of the times all these guys come out that they're supposed to dominate fights, champions, or whatever it may be. Um, just dominate certain competition, and they never do. They kind of like oh, underperform, and that's just the thing. It's very hard to do in MMA. She's fought what 12, 13 times, and she's dominated every single one in just ruthless fashion. I think if she were in the UFC, she'd probably be champion. Um, just her skill set and everything. She's super impressive. Although that being said, I'm glad she's making money in PFL. Um, Legacy, don't put any food on your table, and she is winning. Gonna win another million dollars. I don't care who's in there. If it's Julia Budd, if it's Megan Anderson, it doesn't matter. Um, or if it's you, Josh. Not if it's me, you know. Um, yeah, she's going to make another million regardless. Half of her, half of the PFL. Is there any other main news you want to go and talk about before we close out? I think we covered it all, man. I mean, we did an excellent job this week. I mean, shout out to you. Shout out to me. Shout out to the fans. Shout out to everybody, man. We had so much fun last week watching the fights together. And here in a few weeks, we're going to see each other again, Josh. There's be another pay-per-view coming up. It's your Adesanya mm-hmm. versus Robert Whitaker. Uh and obviously next week we're going to be back in UFC with Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. So mm. there you go. Of course, of course. A lot of stuff coming up. Very, very excited. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, if you guys want to go ahead and follow us on Twitter, I'm at Josh Revanoff. He's at Angel Tega, uh, Orange Sport 01, at Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. Feel free to go ahead and subscribe. to rate us on Apple, rate us on Spotify. Hope you guys enjoy the show. As always, peace and butt grease. Mouse click.